Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Imam podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Joe Tillery. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have an exciting episode ahead where we're going to talk a ton of different things, specifically Kansas State basketball related as K-State takes down a top 10 team, the ninth ranked Baylor Bears, 68-64 in overtime. Jerome Tang extends his lead to 10-0 in games that go to overtime, and that is awesome to talk about. We're going to talk about that game, all my thoughts surrounding the game, and the future of Kansas State basketball, and more in today's episode. But before I do, let me remind you this. If you like K-State athletics, if you like K-State basketball, K-State football, this podcast is the place for you. Be sure and hang around. Check out the Everything Emon podcast on all streaming platforms. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. If it's something you're interested in, it does help us out immensely. Please consider taking about 15, 20 seconds out of your time to leave a five-star rating and review. Take a screenshot of that review if you're interested in getting something back out of it. Send it over to Pete Mundo. That is Pete, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Send it his way. He'll send you back an HCS koozie for you to rock and keep your beers cold all summer, winter, spring, fall, whatever you're into. Whenever you're drinking beer, keep it cold with that Heartland College Sports koozie. But guys, let me tell you this. There's like seven different topics, ten different topics of positives I can take away from this game. Let me start off because I know some of you guys don't like the, uh, the positivity all the time. Let me start off by addressing the offense. Now, I know the offense wasn't what we all hoped it would be, or whatever the case is, and people are like, oh, it's a five-out offense, it's this, it's that. Guys, I, I really feel like I'm at a point now where if you're winning close contests against a top-10 team in the country without your best scorer on the court, Cam Carter, fouling out in the game, you're probably doing something right. So I know that people want to get pissed off about the offense and be like, well, we only scored whatever. I think everybody needs to shift their identity of what they expect this team to be. I mean, I talked about it in the offseason, man. I talked about it before the season started up back in August. I spoke about it saying, you know what? I think this team's going to look different than any Kansas State team in recent history. Obviously, Jerome Tang's only in his second year, so it's obviously a different identity than any Bruce Weber-led team. But now I mentioned this in the offseason. I talked about it saying, what is, uh, what is Jerome Tang's new approach to the basketball season? I detailed the thoughts around, okay, this team is not going to be a team that scores 95, you know, 100 points consistently. Obviously, we saw that a couple times this season already, but... This team is going to be one that out-hustles, out-defends, and out-rebounds you. They're going to run out in transition. That's where the majority of their, of their production is going to come from. Coach Tang's identity in recruiting, and you saw it this year, confirmed 100%. It's not focused on bringing the best scorers to Manhattan. It's focused on creating matchup nightmares for every position on the court. I'll run you through a list of examples. Tyler Perry, I know he's not shooting great from the three-point line. Whatever, dude. He is still a threat from three that people are worried about because he can heat up in an instant. Every team on the scouting report knows that. Tyler Perry's commanding a lot of respect from there. Cam Carter's Cam Carter, baby. You've got to close that on Cam. you got to lock Cam down however you can, which no team in the country has been able to do effectively to this point. So Cam's on the scouting report. Arthur Kaluma. Arthur Kaluma, man, he's the best three-point shooter on the team statistically at the moment. Obviously, you know, you like to see what you have from Perry and Carter as well, but with Art, He's an NBA player, man. People are closing out. They've got Art on the scouting report. He's got double-doubles on deck every single game this season. Then you get down to the low post. David Gasson, who caught just unbelievable amounts of flack from everybody. I mean, I was critical of Dave. I was, you know, People were critical of Dave for his free-throw shooting. He went and corrected that. His hustle, his rebounding, and his defense have been first-team All-Big 12 level. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be a first-team All-Big 12 player because that's just I don't think that's the way it's going to go. First-team All-Big 12 defense is in the cards for David Gasson. That's the type of player this dude is. And you've seen him lighting up the rebound sheet. Like, that game does not get won without David Gasson making that rebound there. Kicks it out to R.J. Jones. R.J. Jones spreads it around over to Arthur Kaluma. Kaluma with the massive four-point play. Unbelievable. 
Then you get Will McNair. Will McNair has had some hot and cold stretches for K-State. Last night, a little bit colder, in my opinion, but did come on strong in the second half. And then got knocked in the mouth and had the bloody lips the entire second half. That dude's a fighter, man. That is so cool to see. Obviously, you don't want your players getting hurt. I'm not just trying to gas him up into that situation. But it's pretty sick to see the toughness and the mental, like, no, 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 dude, I'm staying out here. Like, the ref tried to step tried to step Will McNair aside and be like, hey, man, you got to go get checked out. He's like, I'm not giving up this offensive board. It was on a one-on-one opportunity for Baylor. Baylor misses. Will McNair grabs a rebound. That was what we missed in Texas Tech. Not having Will on the court and giving up that offensive rebound, that was one of the game-changing plays that led to the and one, and then they take the lead, whatever. I know that's salt in the wound, whatever, but Will McNair knew, no, 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 I'm not coming out of this game right now. I need to be out here. Wait till after this play. I'm staying out. And I thought that was so sick. So all that's to say, that's just the starting lineup. Then you look at the next wave of guys, and these are the dudes that I focused on to say why K-State is focused on this. Dorian Finister, Jarrell Colbert are perfect examples of this. You saw massive nights from these dudes. I mean, these guys are dudes that had to sit all last season, basically. Obviously, Dorian Finister played a little bit early in the non-con, but, you know, after that, the guys redshirted the entire year. They are stepping in and competing in big minutes. Dorian Finister more than most because he's really had the most defined role with this team of you need stops and boards that's what coach Dowling's talked about that's what coach Tang's talked about we need you to rebound we need you to get stops Dorian Finister's been that dude man I am so excited to see that and then here's what you all get to see we all get to see him throwing down a lob in transition from Cam Carter Dorian Finister was the example of why I say this he's a six foot four point guard I know he's kind of operated as a two three guard right now but throughout high school throughout a lot of that he operated as the primary ball ball guard like the guy bringing up the ball doing everything facilitating that's the type of player Dorian Finister can be. They talked about it in postgame. They asked about both Jarrell Colbert and Dorian Finister. And with that, Finister was brought up and Coach Tang said, look, this guy has legit NBA talent. Like, we expect him to be an NBA player. And then you even saw Scott Drew say the same thing. Like, to an extent, he's like, Kansas State provided matchup problems for us because of their NBA length. They have NBA length. You can focus on that with Cam Carter being 6'2", 6'3", excuse me, 6'3", at the two guard. You can focus on that being... Arthur Kaluma playing the three at six foot seven. David Gasson, one of the longest dudes on the court, six foot nine at the four. Then Will McNair is a huge dude. But the continued development on the defensive side of the ball, that's enough to win these games, man. I'm not saying we need to be perfect on offense. I'm not saying we need to be perfect, whatever. But defense, I know it's a cliche. Defense can win these games, man. Defense can win championships. I know you need an offense. I know you need whatever. I know people are like, well, we shouldn't run the five out. Guys, they didn't run that five out for the full 40 minutes. There's a lot of changing that we're not picking up on because we're like oh offense is bad five out bad woo woo that's what's happening man that's what people are looking at I don't think that's the truth man I really don't I mean I think it hasn't fully been what we expected obviously you set it up for Naquan Tomlin Quez Glover to be active but look man you adapt you adapt instilling an entire new offense at this point in the season seems ridiculous in my opinion when you have a defense that is keeping opponents under 60 points on average run with that dude I know I'm wearing a chief set I'll use that as my example Everybody gets pissed off when Patrick Mahomes starts, air quotes, playing bad because, okay, this isn't the 35 points per game thing you're seeing or you're used to seeing. The defense is playing like the best in the NFL right now. They are winning games because of their defense, not because of their offense. That's a scary change for a lot of Chiefs fans. That's how Kansas State is right now. We're fresh off a season where we saw Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, both have multiple 30-point outings, big, you know, 90-point scoring affairs. Our defense wasn't great last year, guys. This year, it's the exact inverse of that. The thing we need to focus on is fans, because you're going to see it change every single time. If you can continue to win, you're doing something right. There's always going to be things you can clean up. There's always going to be things you can focus on. If you can continue to win these close games, you are doing the right thing. So I wanted to kind of express my thoughts on that before I highlighted specifics. Let's get into specific players. 
I am so freaking proud of Jarrell Colbert, dude. That dude is a beast. Now, I've talked about it in the past, and I've kind of shied away from the comparison because I don't want to be that guy that tries to bring up old, old wounds or whatever. You know, it's like bringing up an ex. When you think about what we lost with Naquan Tomlin, athleticism, length, and then effort. Jarrell Colbert has so many shades of that same level of athleticism. Like, I don't want to say that he's Naquan Tomlin, he's Naquan in training. They're different people, they're different players, they're different kids, they're different skill sets. But that athleticism and that length that you saw, where Naquan Tomlin bloomed in this role, where he can be a six foot ten wing guard type player, who can defend one through five, Jarrell Colbert has that same trajectory with his athleticism. And you saw it against Baylor, like Baylor's bigs were beating Will McNair because of their speed, not necessarily their physicality or their strength. Jarrell Colbert, laterally really quick. You saw it off the ball screens trapping Ray J. Dennis. You saw it with a couple of different guys. Langston Love's another one that turned it over a couple of times. Jarrell Colbert provided that, hey, we need a spark here. He played 13 minutes in the first half and had some great minutes. Had multiple blocks, two big finishes, six points on the day. Jarrell Colbert needs more minutes, man. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, Coach Dang, change your lineup, because that's just not how it goes. What's going to happen is every game you're going to see a different lineup. You're going to see a game where Buddy Rich has... 16 minutes after not playing for a month. You're going to see a game where R.J. Jones... R.J. Jones, dog, what a freaking shot, by the way. Do you know how much confidence that instills in a kid when he hasn't played much at all? Like, he played the, the game before, but you didn't see R.J. for much. They said on the broadcast, that big three he hits was the first points he scored since the Central Alabama game nearly a month ago, December 2nd or whatever it was. That's crazy. R.J. checks in, hits the biggest three of his young career, and has so many more moments ahead that are similar legs. Like, the dude can shoot. That's what everybody talks about. Kansas State is continuing to find ways to win ugly, to win hot, whatever you want to say. It's about winning at the end of the day. I'm seeing Kansas State win. That's a good thing. I'm not going to overread into that and say, well, we need to change this up and this up and this up. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to not be the player coach all the time. I'm saying this for my own sake, not for you guys, because I know that some of you feel conservative with me. Some of you are kind of like, you know, jump the gun, be angry about whatever. I'm not trying to call out anybody, but in my case, when I'm watching games, I'm like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do this. Dude, if you win a game, everybody just needs to exhale. If you win the game, exhale. Focus on the next game. Put it away for now. We don't see Scott Drew and Baylor the rest of the year. Jerome Tang advances to 3-0 against his, against his former boss, as well as 10-0 in overtime. I'm saying all this to say that every single game is going to be different. The consistency that we're hoping for is going to look different across each game. You'll see that with different players. Whether that be Jarrell Colbert checking, whether that be Dorian Finister checking in and just yamming down a massive lob, defending, rebounding, doing his thing, like you're gonna see Dorian Finister step into that role of like, hey, okay, I'm defending, I'm rebounding, I'm affecting each possession. You're gonna see him get to a point where, like we saw last night, he's finishing in transition. He's lethal in transition. I mean, that dude shot up the court and was behind the play, got out in front, and then yammed it down over Baylor. Like Baylor's a good transition team. Don't get me wrong, but Kansas State's defense was so good in that contest that you forced them to operate in the half court, and they couldn't get much going. They're a one-on-one type team. They try to take it out of the five-on-five and make it a one-on-one. That's why you see Ray J. Dennis trying to do a little bit too much, drive to the cup, turn the ball over, Jarrell Colbert's there to pick it on the help side defense. Like You see that happen because Kansas State's defense is so tough. It happened against Texas Tech. It happened against every team we've played so far. It's going to keep happening. As long as you can keep learning lessons while winning, this team is going to be really special. Now, guys, I look at the Big 12 Conference, and I think, like, obviously there's an element to say, yeah, you want to score 85 points a game. Yeah, you want to keep teams to 50 points a game. Like, there's just, that's what you want. It's not always going to work out that way. 
you know, Kansas, you're probably not going to hold Kansas to 50 points. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to hold Kansas to 60 points. Houston's going to be a team that runs out in transition. There are so many different individual tests and challenges ahead for this team. I just want to say, like, it's important not to get attached to one style of basketball. When you can win in multiple ways, that's what makes you dangerous. That's what I saw last night with the Baylor-K-State game. That's what it was, man. So whether it be Cam Carter getting 18 points, obviously fouled out late. Dude, you did all of that without your best score, like like down the stretch. And they showed, hey, we've got more in us. Like when Cam went out, I was pretty nervous because you need somebody to facilitate and kind of get things going. Tyler Perry steps up. Arthur Kaluma steps up. David Gasson's rebounding his tail off. He steps up. You have multiple guys out there making big buckets. Dorian Finister had a big bucket. There's a lot of great things happening on the court that I don't know that we all anticipated at this point in the season. I don't know that you anticipated specific role players stepping up into their roles, but it's important to note what this looks like going forward. Kansas State in the Big 12, they're currently 3-1. and one. That's massive. It's tied for second in the league. The only undefeated team left now is the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They're going to get the break speed off of tonight by Houston. Houston coming off a two-game losing streak. They're, they're not losing. They're not losing at home to Texas Tech. I'm sorry. It's just not the case. If it is, Texas Tech is way better than I thought. I don't really think they're that good. I mean, not saying they did beat us, but you lose by one point at an away game versus going on the road. Like, every single game in the Big 12, if you go to an away game, doesn't matter who you play, you're at a risk of losing. That's what you've seen. Cincinnati beats TCU the other night. You see a lot of different overtime games, a lot of different games where you didn't expect it. BYU beats the breaks off Iowa State. Obviously, Kansas handles Oklahoma State, but it's the cliche. It's what Coach Stane talks about. If you can go 1-0 every single game, you're doing something right. That's what happens. That's how you win championships. That's how you win the Big 12. That's how you win these close games. It's about going 1-0 every day, every game, every practice, every anything. That's how you get where you want to be. I say all that to say, we got a lot of season left ahead of us. If you can keep getting off to a great start, like you win against Oklahoma State on Saturday, and I'm not taking them for granted because literally anybody can win at any time in the Big 12. You'll see that consistently. Anybody can beat anybody. West Virginia beats Texas. You see teams like Iowa State beat Houston, TCU Almost beat Kansas. Obviously, you know, the whistle decided a little bit late, but anything can happen on any given night. That's what the Big 12 Conference is about. If you get off to a 4-1 and one start to the first five games, that is a massive win, especially considering you played Texas Tech and Baylor, two undefeated teams. So continuing to hammer that point home, if Kansas State can keep winning, that's where we want to be. Keep learning lessons, keep working. The role players need to keep developing. I am so proud of the resolve, the effort, the heart, the hustle this team showed last night, and I cannot wait to see it going forward. Jerome Tang, the rest of the staff, hats off to you guys. You are doing an excellent job, and I'm so proud to not only be a K-State fan, but to get to witness part of their journey. So shout-out to everyone last night. Shout-out to all the effort, everything that happened on the court. That was one of those wins where your heart jumps, like it skips a beat a little bit because you say, all right, look, this is one where this redefines what Kansas State basketball is each season. A top-10 win is one thing. I don't want to just take that away. Like, this is a top-10 win, but it also felt like something that was very possible. The fans didn't rush the field because it was expected. That's what you want to see. That's exactly what you want to see. Like, think about this, guys. We just beat the ninth-ranked team in the country. It's an undefeated team in the Big 12 Conference, the best basketball conference in America, mind you. K-State beats them in overtime by four in a game that, realistically, watching alongside, I don't know how many people actively thought, like, all right, we got a chance to win this. Obviously, I did, but I'm just kind of like, you know, it's that, it's that optimism where it's like, we could figure this out, kind of hoping internally that it doesn't all fall apart. That's kind of the optimism I had last night. That game, I mean, I want to say we stole it, but we also outplayed them the entire time. So I don't want to make it sound like it's just like a like a gift, like we were given the win. But K-State earned it, don't get me wrong. But we beat the ninth-ranked team in the country, an undefeated Big 12 team, and did not storm the court. 
I'm not saying that you storm the court at all times, but there has been that increased question of, like, when do you storm the court? K-State basketball fans are starting to understand, like, look, these wins are expected under Jerome Tang. Coach Tang literally said it last year. He said, you know what? I told you I'd get you one court storming. From here on out, expect to win. That was after the KU game. Massive game. You take down a top five team in the country at the time. K-State and Baylor, it's crazy enough to think about this. We're an unranked team going into this game. K-State was listed as the favorite by one and a half points against the ninth-ranked team in the country, and we're unranked. That's what's crazy about the Big 12, the home environments you see. Teams are understanding you need to protect your home court. K-State now, under Jerome Tang, has lost two games in two seasons at Bramlage. You lose to Nebraska this year. That was tough after a, a awful second half where we just collapsed. And then you lose to Texas in a game that Texas should not have won, despite the fact they, they rallied back from like 30 points. Those are the two losses under Jerome Tang at Bramlage. Kansas State is turning this home environment into one of the nation's best. Not just the Big 12's best, one of the nation's best. And people are starting to take notice. I mean, you see national headlines saying, you know what, Bramlage, what Jerome Tang's doing there, that's something special. i got to go cover that at some point. Man, I mean, it's just exciting. It's an exciting time to be a K-State basketball fan. K-State takes down Baylor 68-64 to in overtime. And all around, entering Big 12 play, we're now listed at 3-1. and one. That's a huge start. So through five games, your next matchup, you've got Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, obviously I don't want to just dunk on them because anybody can win, but you have a real shot to go 4-1. and one. Looking at Kansas State's basketball schedule, let me read you this here. Because I do this kind of, you know, semi-annual out check-in on the schedule and see how we look, but we take on Oklahoma State at Bramlage on Saturday, January 20th. Then we go to Hilton, take on 24th-ranked Iowa State. It's Hilton, so it's going to be another one of those games with the Magic at play. Then we go to number 5, Houston. Then we take on Oklahoma at home. That's 15th-ranked Oklahoma before doubling back with Oklahoma State. Then, obviously, there's more games to that, but I'm just going to focus on those ones. So you have Oklahoma State, two road games in the Big 12, a home game against OU, and then another Oklahoma State game. In theory, K-State should win this game on Saturday. Knock on wood, obviously knock on wood. Let's look at the next five games. K-State goes after, in theory, beating Oklahoma State, getting 4-1. and one. They go to Hilton, unless we can pull something off crazy, which we've played good on the road, but obviously Hilton has the magic, so there's that. You're probably looking at a loss there unless you're crazy. Houston, we'll see what they look like at home tonight. we got to see, compare, but you could stretch that to go 1-1. One and one. I think that'd be a major win. Take it on Oklahoma. I know they're the 15th-ranked team, but it is at home. You have to win that game. 2-1, and one, Oklahoma State puts you at 2-2, two and two, and that Kansas game in Manhattan is going to be a big one. Because if you can go, you know, if you can go 3-2 and two in that stretch, that's a good set. If you can find a way to go 4-1 and one through the next five games, it's a massive set for the future of the Big 12 Conference. Kansas State has a chance to win the Big 12 this season. I know we lost Naquan Tomlin. I know Quez Glover isn't playing this year. There's a lot of clouds, you know, in the sky that are kind of telling us, no, 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 it's not going to work out. This year, we're not playing around, man. This is a serious chance that we have. You saw it last night against Baylor. Kansas State is for real. We're legit an NCAA tournament team, but it's just about stacking those wins. Coach Tang thinks nine wins gets us to an NCAA tournament. I think that's true. That goes 500. If you go 500 in the Big 12, you're likely making the tournament. Doesn't matter what seed you're at. If you're in the tournament, you're going even even in Big 12 play. There's probably going to be, I mean, this feels like a nine-year Big 12 team field in the NCAA tournament. I just don't know how you can make the argument to leave any of these guys out. So Kansas State just needs to keep weathering the storm, keep fighting hard, and keep showing what they have on a nightly basis. I am so proud of the team and everything that happened last night, and I'm excited to continue talking about this team in each episode going forward. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Once again, I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in and listening to the show. We're going to continue to grow and continue to hammer this thing and affect more K-State fans just like you and me. 
but I appreciate having your support each and every day, each time we go live. We'll talk to you here next week. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and you're staying warm, happy, healthy, safe, and sound. Talk to you later. Go Cats!